0: 98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. Yeah, could I have a number three with cheese and uh, a large coffee? And does it smell good? Wolfen, down your lunch. <laughs> Serving up today's top sports stories with Wolf and Luke. Hey, boy. Presented by Stadium Swim at Circa Resort and Casino, Las Vegas' ultimate sports fan destination.
1: Yeah, it's noon. It's been a busy show, Wolf. It's time for all of today's top sports stories in one place. Wolf and down your lunch here, as always, to deliver is Aaron Maloney.
2: So with the Cardinals' first preseason game in the books, they will turn their attention to this week's preseason game against the Ravens. So does Cliff Kingsbury pay attention to the Ravens? preseason streak
3: definitely i mean that's part of their culture that you know they they say we're going to win these games and help it build into the regular season and i I respect that that approach um obviously their team believes that they've had one of the most successful franchises in the league and so we'll definitely get their best shot uh we know it'll be a real challenge and uh excited to watch trace you know obviously being his former team he'll be he'll be keyed up for that one and it should be a fun evening
2: and we learned today that kyler murray will not play in the preseason so, what do you guys think about on Sunday? I mean, you heard Cardinals owner Michael Bidwill say on this show that it was the smartest, best preseason game that he's seen ever. So, yeah. what do you expect this week?
1: I feel like he's seen some football games. Yeah, a few. Yeah. Just yeah. a couple. Uh, um, and he's seen some
3: bad ones well, as well. You know, he's seen the range. <laughs> Sorry about that, Michael. I tried. <laughs> I was trying hard. Um you know what, Mel, did you just say that he's not going to play the entire preseason or he's not going to play Sunday against the Baltimore Ravens?
2: Okay, let me check. I think okay, no, I read I the it entire was, preseason. I,
3: I thought it was just, again, he was not going to play this week against the Ravens. So,
2: Derb tweeted that Kyler Murray confirms he won't be playing in the preseason.
3: Oh, okay, there, there go. we go. If that came from Derb... Darren Urban, of course. It's Kyler confirmation. That's confirmation. Uh, that's with what a it K. is right there. Okay, he's not going to play in the preseason. Um, I, I, Okay, um, not a shocker right there. I, I'm sorry. I know you asked a different question, but this is big. <laughs> the first time he's you've done this. He's not going to play in the preseason. Yeah. He's, he took a few snaps last year, right? Yeah, this would have been well, the game, not right? Not last year, two years ago because they canceled
1: last year, right? Um yeah, look, I I if he's not going to play in a preseason game this week against Baltimore. This was kind of the one we thought if he was going to play, it was going to be this one, right? National TV at home. You know, there's still a game left after this, I'm assuming now yeah. that we're down to three games when you just when you only play if you're only going to play in one of them, you typically would play in the second one. I'm not shocked. Like I said yesterday, it's it's not that Kyler's not playing, so I wouldn't mind just seeing the whole offense out there for a drive or two, but is it really going to matter when they kick off in week one? If you have a good first quarter against the Chiefs, then you didn't miss anything in the preseason.
3: All I know is when there was a preseason, and Kyler Murray was actually out there taking a few snaps, I didn't like the fact that he, he was getting such little work in the preseason, and I Said it often. I was talking about it often. And then was last out. year. You
1: said it to Cliff last year. Yeah, and
3: yeah. then and then what he did is he just went out and blew it up. So, once again...
1: I remember you and and I looking at each other in the Cardinals studio after we had talked to Cliff, and then we went through like the first four games, and Kyler went off, and all of them were like, he's never playing in the preseason again. That was last September we had that thought, and here we are. Yeah, there's no doubt about it, man.
3: Yes, um, Kylo Murray really doesn't need to work in the preseason, and anyone who needs to be reminded of what happened in week one against the Tennessee Titans last year, he blew it up. As a matter of fact, they blew it up for the first seven weeks of the season.
2: The Phoenix Suns will open their 2022-2023 season with a rematch against the Mavericks. It's going to be the first game of the year for both teams following Dallas's elimination of Phoenix in the Western Conference Semifinals. What
1: do you think about this opener? I like I, I love it, honestly. It it feels like this is what it has to be. I know that they try to give you a big game on Christmas if you're on Christmas, right? Or they try to, you know, it, it's not the first time they've played Dallas in the opener. But in years past, it felt sort of contrived of like, hey, they have Luka. You took D.A. Won't this be a rivalry? And it, it was not ever on the level that it is now. Now it's they just ended your season in one of the weirdest Game 7s ever in any sport. So you're going to start next season, if you want to crawl out of that, against them in your building exactly where it took place. You know what I love about this? I love the fact
3: that it's going to help focus the Phoenix Suns even more. Yeah, it will, even more. you got a bunch of bad dudes inside the locker room, of course, guys that I have a ton of respect for, guys that are pros, know how to prepare themselves. But now all of a sudden you're going to go play the team. That very unceremoniously ejected you from the playoffs and did it in a unbelievable kind of way where everyone was wondering, what is wrong, Chris Paul? What is wrong, Devin Booker? What is wrong, DeAndre Ayton? What is wrong, Monty Williams? What is wrong? Who are you? I barely know you anymore, right? I mean, that's what we're all thinking you going to tell me this isn't going to help focus them even more on the start of the
1: season? Yeah, I think it will. I See, think it's awesome. Now when you say Monty Williams, I just think Max Williams because that's what Terrell Suggs calls him.
2: Our Sanderson Ford poll question is up now at ArizonaSports.com and it asks, which Suns game next season are you looking forward to more? The season opener against the Mavericks or Christmas game versus the Nuggets? Oh,
1: the opener. This better be one hundred percent. It's it's the opener. It's not even close for me. I don't care who they're playing on Christmas. Yeah, Den- like it's cool that they're playing on Christmas. Denver is a decent team. Yeah, but nothing more. I don't Sons I don't and see four. a
3: rival. Yeah, in <laughs> four right there. No, it is man. For me, it's the first game. One of eighty two. I understand that, but it's the Dallas Mavericks, man.
2: So 74% of our audience says the season opener against the Mavericks and then 26% say the Christmas game against the Nuggets. So Kevin Durant is not contemplating retirement. Take his word for it. The disgruntled star tweeted yesterday he has zero intent of quitting the NBA anytime soon in response to a suggestion that he'd rather retire than keep playing in Brooklyn. Here's Jay Williams.
0: Kevin Durant loves a game of basketball. He's not going to retire. Now, will he sit out of training camp? Potentially. He didn't deny that rumor or that report. And, Key, that would probably be one of the harsher stances that KD could probably take in order to try to force his way out. If it's not at an amicable state by the time he gets to training camp on September 26th.
2: What
1: do you guys think? Uh, what's what's going to be interesting to me is if they haven't traded him by the start of the season. Because then is he just going to play for a coach and a GM that... I, I don't think he was really trying to get them fired. I think he was basically saying, go ahead and call my bluff. But either way, if I'm Steve Nash, I'm like, this guy tried to get me fired. So is he really going <laughs> to play gonna for them? a mark. Are the Nets going to sit him until they can trade him? I, 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 not, look, none of us thought he was actually going to retire. But I can't imagine he starts the season in Brooklyn, does he? Yeah, yeah. You know, um, it's hard for me to
3: envision that. It really I is. hope he does, because I think that's the Suns' best chance to get him. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree with that. Um, I, I, For the most part, I, I'm over the Kevin Durant thing. So do I have to comment on it still? <laughs> Well, I am. I'm. I'm kind of. Let's go. Let's run this thing back. I love the news I'm today. Kind of talking about too. the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, talking yeah. about the Mavericks, man. Game one. Here we go. Okay, we know who they're going to play on Christmas Day. Isn't that great? The Suns are going to play on Christmas Day. Who cares? Game one, Dallas Mavericks. Oh, okay. Da's back. Let's run this thing back. Let's go.
1: I know KD can be abrasive, but his first sentence from that tweet, I know most people will believe unnamed sources over me, but if it's anyone out there that'll listen, I don't plan on retiring anytime soon. I do love the just sarcasm dripping from every word, and including the the extra one or two words that shouldn't even be in that sentence. I I like
3: the attitude. That's good. No, I I don't like it, man. Sarcasm is passive-aggressive. You know what? Be aggressive. How about that? B-E-aggressive. Don't give me your passive aggressiveness. All
1: right, that was Wolfing Down Your Lunch. Thank you, Aaron, as always. When we come back, Kyler Murray speaking after practice. You're going to hear what the Cardinals quarterback had to say next. It's the Wolf and Luke show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station.
0: Takeoff 2022 is a a go. Coverage presented by 72 Souls and Kona Brewing. Taking off into the 2022 season, the Cardinals are hoping to soar like never before. Quarterback and pro bowler Kyler Murray.
2: Call sign
0: K-1. leads a potent air and ground attack. K-1 can go ballistic with unrivaled downfield accuracy.
1: An 80-yard strike. Kyler Murray.
0: Or he can turn on the afterburners and use his speed to score. And he's in for the touchdown. Tyler Murray makes him pay with a 12-yard run. His primary deep threat is new addition to the squadron, Marquise
2: Brown. Call
0: sign, Hollywood. Along with backfield workhorse, James Conner. Call sign, Terminator wide out rondale give me some more and tight end zach so good it hurts k1 and the cards have the air superiority tactics and firepower to pile up points
3: to me this guy gives us a chance to win the super bowl and that's something to be excited about
0: the home of arizona cardinals football 98 7
1: fm arizona's sports station
0: camp takeoff 2022 with wolf and luke
1: All right, Wolf, one of the best parts about this time slot is we get the audio after practice right as it happens, so we're able to quickly turn it around for you, and uh, we'll start with Kyler Murray today talking. This is really the first time we've heard from him since that impromptu uh, press conference he held, which was only a couple weeks ago and it feels like it was like 20 years ago uh he talked today about his chemistry with hollywood brown and what it's like to practice with him now at the nfl level
4: uh i mean i think it's already built i think i mean personally i mean obviously you still gotta work on it you know this is the nfl um what we did was in the past but like there's just natural connection um it's it's weird because we talk about it you know and then and then we, we haven't been on the field together in a long time so to like you know just, just chilling off the field and stuff like that. Like, damn, bro, like we're really on the same team, you know? What I'm saying so. Um, that first practice, just being out there, um, seeing him out there was kind of weird. But you know, I think everybody you see him make a couple of plays, and like, oh, know this guy's, you know, he's not just he's not just a fast guy or whatever. You know, uh, people think he is, but I'm excited for him to, you know, prove a lot of people wrong and make a lot of plays. Where they are leaning
1: on him heavily, don't you think? I mean, they've got other weapons, but just in the sense of having a guy that can step in, that's new, that can have chemistry with the quarterback in week one in the first quarter against the chiefs
3: yeah no there's no doubt they're putting an awful lot of stock into marquise hollywood brown and rightfully so you know how jacked up i was when they acquired him with the number 23 pick overall of the of this draft of course for me i was just fired up because it was what he was going to do for this team when he didn't get the ball I mean, there's not a lot of receivers you can actually say that about. Marquise Hollywood-Brown is one of those guys because of his speed, because of how explosive he is, man. He backs up a lot of DBs. There's a lot of defensive coordinators that are yelling at their DBs, back up. And that Breeds an awful lot of air, and that 's what you want. you want air in that secondary, so your quarterback has bigger
1: windows yeah if if they can get to a point and they should be able to i mean you can 't control for injuries, obviously, but if they can get to a point where they can have DeAndre Hopkins and Hollywood Brown and Rondale Moore and a j Green on the field at the same time with Kyler Murray as your quarterback, I mean if you can get to that point i That's going to be really difficult to stop all that speed. Yeah. And then Hopkins, not like Hopkins can't run, but compared to Rondale Moore and compared to Hollywood Brown and compared to Kyler Murray... He's not going to be the speed guy, but he can do everything else. (laughs)
3: Yeah, I I love that foursome right there. And, yeah, are we going to see 10 personnel, one back, zero tight ends, and four wide receivers, also known as 10 personnel? Are we going to see the Arizona Cardinals as the number one 10 personnel team in the NFL? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, because guess what? Ever since Cliff showed up, they've been number one in use of 10 personnel. Number one, last year, even last year, they were still, 13% of the time, they were in 10 personnel. The next team closest to the Arizona Cardinals, and their 13% of the time, of course, was the New York Jets at 8% of the time. And then the Buffalo Bills at 7% of the time. So, You've got a situation where the Arizona Cardinals are almost doubling in the number two and three team in the league in use of 10 personnel. But those four guys that you just mentioned, ooh, I love the combination of the speed of Rondell Moore and the speed of Marquise
1: Hollywood Brown with the
3: route running
1: of DeAndre Hopkins. And AJ Green. You can, you can certainly see the pieces fit together. Now it's just a matter of getting them on the field all at the same time. Uh, as far as this Sunday, Kyler not playing. I'm not playing. And, uh, does want to play until he can't. I want to play till I can't. I don't even know where that uh, clip is related to, but he's not playing on Sunday. Now, more from Kyler, uh, what he likes about
4: this year's team. This year's team. We're still figuring it out this camp. Uh, it's been a great camp. I mean, I've, I haven't really been able to be on the field as much as past camps. But the competition is through the roof. Um, There's a lot of of animosity, a lot of juices ready to go against somebody else. Uh, But I I, I know, you know, in the past years, uh, starting off hot, you know, we're usually um, this year, I think we just, you know, sticking to it, staying through it and um, finishing in the end.
3: Everybody knows
1: what what the issue
3: is with this team. I'm sorry. You know, honestly, right there, just to what he said at the end, finishing. Yeah, at the end, that's, finishing.
1: And I think that's a pretty common refrain from the guys on this team.
3: Man, it's just so critical that they talk about this stuff, that they get it out there, honestly. Would you love to see them start the way they have over the last two years? Yeah, there's no doubt about it. 6-3 and three and 7-0, and oh, you'll
1: take that all day long. If you want to start 7-0 and oh against the Rams, Chiefs, and Raiders in the first three weeks, yeah, I'll take that.
3: That'd be fantastic, but man, it's... I, it's got to be about finishing. Everything's got to be about finishing. Right down to the drills that you're running out there. You need to talk to each other about finish, finish. The Cardinals need to
1: finish. Uh, Kyler Murray. We haven't heard Kyler talk about finishability. Manny Jones. Him. Doesn't sound like Kyler. Uh, we haven't heard, we've heard everybody else talk about Manny Jones impersonating uh, Kyler Murray at the rookie thing, right? Okay, here's uh, here's Kyler talking about it.
4: Manny, he did, I, was, I thought it could have been better. Uh, he, did, I mean, he did a good job. I think the, the guys think he looks like me or whatever, but... Um, that you know, he, he did all right. He did all right. <laughs> and then what else he could have done to make it better? It was just uh, it was a little dry. It was a little dry. Um, I, he hasn't spent a lot of time around me, so he kind of just went off of what he saw. So uh, I, I think he should have studied a little bit more. That's that's
1: a bold move, right? If you're Manny Jones, first of all, you're 6'4", 290. Yeah. So I don't know how much you look like Kyler, but either way, to be the rookie that yeah. steps in is like, you know what, I'm going to impersonate the starting quarterback who just got a quarter of a billion dollars.
3: Uh, I have absolutely no proof as to what I'm about to say, but <laughs> did Kyler just take a total shot at Manny? He's got to <laughs> study a little bit more. Did he take a <laughs> shot at everybody else out there? I'm wondering about that. That he just happened to pick those words. He's gotta study a little bit more. I don't know. Mm, I, didn't I don't even know about think that, thoughts. I'm just saying. Nice job,
1: guy. But you know, if that was intentional, that's hilarious. If that if he really if, if he did <laughs> that, that's shot hilarious. over the ball. Uh he also talked about how the uh, play calling experience
4: has gone for him. It was good. Yeah, it was good. Uh, no, that was my first time calling plays, uh, besides in practice and stuff like that. Um but I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I think, um, you know, once you call the play, it's out of your control. I think that's a, you know, that's being on the, being on that side of it. You can't control what's going on on the field. So, uh, if we execute, you execute. If you don't, you don't. And you just gotta, you gotta live with it. So, uh, that was, that was the different, you know, it was different for me. I'll tell you what,
1: I, I know, and that was a great clip. But going back to what you said, if if he really did say if he wants to be more like me, he's got to study a little bit more. That's I love it. That needs to go in his highlight reel. That's exactly right. You can time. put all his plays up there. But if that line was intentional from Kyler Murray, that's like that's a Hall of I Fame have no line. Idea if it was, well, I I really now hope that it was. All right, uh, text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at six twenty six twenty right now. When we come back, you can become a champion of hope give week for Phoenix Children's continues next on the Wolf and Luke Show, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station.
5: The give thon for Phoenix Children's is presented by your valet Hyundai dealers in the auction Indian community. 98.7 FM,
2: Arizona Sports Station
3: in the Arizona Sports App. Give-a-thon on the Wolf and Luke Show.
1: It's the Give-A-Thon for Phoenix Children's, presented by Your Valley Hyundai Dealers and Ak-Chin Indian Community. Rolls on here. Wolf, we've already had a couple very generous donations. Uh, we had we had well, we had Michael Bidwell from the Cardinals with a generous donation uh, earlier in our show. We had uh, On Cue Financial stepping up in a big way. American Textile Recycling Services as well. You can call in with your own donations. The Desert Financial Phone Bank is open at 602-933-4567. Again, that's 602-933-4567.
3: You know, it's honestly, um, we do this every year based on needs. we have now for 12 years. And I can tell you that um, it is... One of my favorite things to do. It's very, very difficult, of course, as you would imagine. Yet at the same time, it's one of these deals where you'd, you'd say to yourself, where else would you rather be than right here, right now? And there are kids that are in Phoenix Children's that really need our help. Kids that, that need our support. Kids that need our love. Kids that need us to help them and families that need us as well to help them right now, 602-933-4567. 602-933-4567. You can become a champion of hope, man, for 20 bucks, 20 bucks a month, $240 a year, a one-time payment, or you can just go ahead and send $20 a month to be a champion of hope. It gives a little Child that, that is fighting a serious disease, a teddy bear, and you cannot believe it. Luke, you and I have walked around mm-hmm. Phoenix Children's it and delivered these teddy
1: bears. Changes you like. There's no way. And everybody always told me because the first year I did this was 2018, and I remember everybody was like, basically what you just said. This is going to be a really emotional week, yep. but it changes you, and and it's it's uplifting in in a way too because you see how just resilient. Like just there's there's no like other thought from these kids they're just like oh yeah i'm just going to just going to be resilient i'm just going to get through this
3: kids are so brave and so strong and yet you see the look on a child's face when you hand them this teddy bear <laughs> it's a little thing but you cannot even truly understand it until you see the look on their face when they're holding it and hugging it and we'll give that child a teddy bear in your name when you become a champion of hope for 20 bucks a month.
1: We gave uh, Isabella a teddy bear when you, when you and I were out there a couple months ago. 1 year old. Remember this? Yeah. The teddy bear was as big if not bigger than her. <laughs> it was it was pretty cool. All right, we got another check presentation. This one from Barrio Queen
4: hi my name is julio mata representing barrio queen we have been a proud partner of phoenix children's for the past 10 years we want to thank our amazing guests who participated in our charitable family cooking class and national tequila week programs we are honored to be able to present this check in the amount of five thousand dollars on behalf of barrio queen thank you phoenix children's for being there for our community providing world-class care because when it comes to the future of our children moments count
1: well, the generosity just keeps pouring in there. There's another 5000 from Barrio Queen right there. That's fantastic, man. Well done. It it adds up. It makes a huge difference. Every dollar really does make a big difference for these children. It's time for another story of hope presented by Mattamy Holmes. Just weeks before her due date, Linda's mom learned her unborn daughter had an extremely rare genetic condition, which affects the development of the skeletal and reproductive systems. Children with this condition rarely live past their first year, and if they do, they're on life support. But not this, Fighter Wolf. This is Linda's story.
5: I had been admitted for signs and symptoms of preeclampsia, and I was at 38 weeks. They came in, they told us that uh, Linda was more than likely not gonna make it. And, you know, asked us if we had chosen a name to which I said, I was a like, yes, uh, her name is Linda. And they said, that's great because it, it usually makes the grieving process a lot easier. Sorry, my OBGYN decided that, that, she, that we were going to have to be induced so that I would be giving birth on my due date, December 25th. Ask my family for a moment. So I went into my bedroom, I closed the door, and I started rubbing my tummy, and I started praying. This child is not mine. This child is yours. And if you allow me to borrow her, we're waiting for her. Around 3, 3.30, I started feeling everything again. <laughs> the doctor said it's time to push. And they had told us they were like, the one thing that we're looking for is if she can cry. Because the moment she cries, it means that she made it because with campomelic dysplasia the rib cage will either so compact and tight that first breath of air uh, they can't or it'll be so glass-like and fragile that when they take that first breath of air the the rib cage shatters 15 minutes is all it took 15 minutes, and at 4.30, I gave birth. They bring over an incubator with uh, this tiny peanut in it. (laughs) And they're like, look, this is your daughter. And I'm seeing her through this glass. And I told her, I was like, Linda, you hang on in there. They told me that she wasn't going to make it past the burning stage. She did. Um, They said her prognosis was a year. She's now eight. They told me that she shouldn't really be moving or really doing much of anything that she was going to be in pretty much a vegetative state. They told me that she wasn't probably going to be able to eat. Right now, we're finally decreasing her formula feeds, and her doctors are hoping that we will eventually be able to wean off that NG tube. And she's eating. She's eating foods of all types, they told me that she wasn't going to be able to really move or have much mobility. Linda started crawling last August. She's still wheelchair bound, but man, should you see her in that wheelchair? She enjoys popping wheelies, looking and seeing fast cars. And to her, in her wheelchair, she'll say, "I go zoom." <laughs> Every specialist there, they're just amazing at having levels of compassion, of of empathy. They're not just trying to solve our problems. They're trying to work with us to find a solution. Again, life with her, it's had its challenges. And there are more, more often than not, we have to make adaptations. But she doesn't really see herself as different. Or if she does, she doesn't show it. <laughs> wow,
1: that's uh, <laughs> that's. They said quite the fighter in the uh, in the open. Eight years old when you're not even necessarily supposed to make it to one wolf. That's that's that resiliency you talk about yeah. with these kids.
3: Yeah. Oh my goodness. Breathe deep. Wow. Um, You know, so much of the time, Basinorians, I have been around some of the toughest human beings on the face of the planet. Um, And yet what continues to blow me away is just how tough and resilient, Luke, to use your word, that these kids are like Linda. Like Linda's mom. Can we can we go ahead playing this music right now? Can we go ahead and support Linda and Linda's mom by picking up the phone and calling 602-933-4567? 602-933-4567. We're looking for 20 bucks a month, man. 20 bucks a month. 240 dollars a year. You can do it in a one time payment or you can send 20 bucks a month and that 20 bucks a month is going to impact the life of Linda and Linda's mom and those that are like her and him and them 6029334567
1: well and we're in a match to that sound. Uh, we're going to match RSM-US-LLP is going to match anything that uh, you are able to donate right now. Now, that sound means it's time for the Train Teddy Bear Express. Become a champion of hope, $20 a month. Not only will a bear be delivered in your name to a patient at Phoenix Children's on the Train Teddy Bear Express, but you're also going to receive your choice of a free kids' pass to the Wildlife World Zoo or a free polish and shine wash from Cobblestone Auto Spa. All right, Wolf, when we come back, we have discovered the Phoenix Suns are going to open their 22-23 season against the Mavericks. Could you draw it up any better? I would argue no. That's next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station.
0: Wolf and Luke Middays, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports
1: Station. Okay, so as it stands right now, Wolf, we know... Two of the Suns games this year. When they're going to be played, where they are. We still need to get the other 80. Uh, December 25th, Christmas Day, they'll be in Denver against the Nuggets. Yes. And October 19th, at home, they will be hosting... Luka Doncic and the Dallas Mavericks. What better way to start this season? I know that they've started a few seasons against the Dallas Mavericks. I know in the past it's been, hey, here we go, DeAndre Ayton against Luka, not not like this. This is, I think you said it very well earlier in the show. It doesn't feel like Da versus Luka anymore. It really doesn't. No. I don't even know that it ever did because they don't really match up against each other very much. But well, I this, think
3: it did like their rookie year, of course. You know, I think their first think, game coming
1: out of the draft yeah. was against Dallas. Yeah. Yes,
3: absolutely. So I think there was a little bit to that, but right now, man, um, this is is an attention getter in a big, big way right now. I mean, do you like this? Do you like the fact that the Phoenix Suns are playing the Dallas Mavericks game one? I love this. (laughs) Why do you love it? I mean, it's obvious to a lot of people, but there's going to be some things you're going to say that, Some people may not understand. Well, how about, I'll just start
1: with this. If you are a Suns fan, but you're not really on social media much, and and I'm not saying you should be, but I'm just saying if you're not on social media much, Mavericks fans, by and large, feel like they own the Phoenix Suns. Yeah. Now, I get it. (laughs) Dallas took the Suns out. You can't deny that that happened. We still don't know what happened on the Suns side of things, but Dallas won four of the last five. It was a very bad nine days for the Phoenix Suns. I would say it was really their only bad nine days in the last two years, but Mavericks fans feel like the Suns are the little brother now and specifically they feel like Luca owns Devin Booker. So this rivalry doesn't have the oh this I'm curious to see how DA and Luca play. No, now there's like some some anger fueling this rivalry. Yeah,
3: you know, honestly, I'll go back. I'm not trying to one up you here, but the NBA finals as well they lost four or five. Yeah, that I that don't know. Was a,
1: it wasn't great. It wasn't great. But that was a breaker. That one didn't I mean, I guess it stung more in some ways because you had the title. <laughs> but it wasn't as like... You were up
3: 2-0 in the series. I mean, stop and yeah. think about it. 2-0. No, you're, you're right. You're, right, you're we, right. We were all looking at it like, well, there it is, sons and Five. Oh, people um, kept... I,
1: I can't tell you how many people I had tell so, me, okay, I hope they lose one so they can win at home. Remember that? I was like,
3: oh,
0: no. What are we
3: doing? But it wasn't... It, it felt the same way the first two games against Minnesota.
1: The, I mean, Dallas. But, Excuse but, me. But <laughs> losing to Dallas, like there we was like disgust. From. I don't know. Maybe Patrick Beverly again. Losing to Dallas, there was like disgust <laughs> in everybody's mind walking out of the footprint center. So it's very fitting that their very next game, although it'll be five months at that point later is in Footprint Center against Dallas.
3: Yeah, you know, for me, once again, uh, this this gets your attention immediately. And what I love, it's not just the fans. It's also the Suns. It's also the players, man. Are you kidding me? They know. They know what happened in that series. They understand it. They won the first two games, and they know they lost 4-5. or And they know what happened in Game 6 and Game 7. They know. They know where the bodies, metaphorically, are buried in that series and what happened. And now, all of a sudden, they're going to get the opportunity to start the regular season against the very team that kicked them out. Oh, man. I I like this. Jump right into the fire yep. for the Phoenix I, not I don't, I
1: don't want to. Okay, you open up against uh, Sacramento, and then you got a game against uh, Atlanta, and then you get Dallas. No, no. Dallas game one. You brought this up earlier, and you just kind of mentioned it right there, too, Wolf. Like, there are a lot of players in this game that know whatever happened behind the scenes with yep. the Phoenix Suns. One of them is now on Dallas and JaVale McGee. So... I still think it's going to be D.A. that eventually is like, oh, yeah, we were all upset about my contract. We were all upset because Chris Paul was sick or whatever it is. I feel like D.A. is the one most likely to slip up and tell everybody what we've been wondering since the end of last season. Not how did Dallas win four or five. Why did the Suns not look like the Suns for three of those four losses? But JaVale McGee is certainly a candidate. I think Jay Crowder is like the dark horse that could just be like, I'm in Miami, I'm going to say everything.
3: Yeah, maybe you're right about that. Um, But I do believe it's going to be anonymously that Jay Crowder would do it. I don't think Jay Crowder is going to go ahead and get in front of a camera and start telling everybody what happened. That that doesn't strike me as Jay Crowder. The only guy... The same thing for JaVale JaVale McGee. McGee. But
1: I noticed you left out the third name. If somebody says it in front of the camera, it'll be DeAndre.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I know, but it's... I, I think it was so serious, Luke... That I don't think he's going to slip up, DeAndre. Nah, you're probably right. I don't. What I do believe, people that were in that locker room and now are elsewhere, JaVale McGee, Jay Crowder, if that happens. If that happens, Jay Crowder. JaVale McGee seems the most likely to actually do it. And the reason being is because here's a grizzled veteran. Here's a guy that has seen it all. Here's a three time NBA champion. Here's a guy that now is playing for the very team that ejected the Phoenix Suns. Hey, Jamal, what's that like? What really happened back in that series? Well, I don't think he's going to do it. He's not going to go on the record, but I do believe at some point in time it's going to come out. Something had to happen, right? Why? Why wouldn't you say it anonymously? This is what happened. Don't ever tie me to this quote. But this is
1: what happened. JaVel McGee. Yeah, I could see him doing that. I mean, so we're not we're not just buying that the contract situation with Da was starting to boil over. And Chris Paul, who tested apparently positive for COVID after the series. We're not buying that that was it. We think there's more yeah, to it. Yeah,
3: no, I think there's there's something that happened inside that locker room. That's just me. Yeah. I, I could be dead wrong on that, my brother, seriously. I, I could be. Um, it just, they looked so disparate. From what they had shown all season
1: long, they looked so different. It's the body language. It was, I mean, it was, it was. You go into Game Seven and Devin Booker can't make a layup, and nobody else can either. And it's like, what? You could lose Game Seven, and we'd all still be pretty upset because you were up 2-0 in the series. But it was not looking like yourself in Game Seven. It was, it was not looking right like yourself in jump. Game
0: Six either.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, you're right. Opening tip off, it's like, all right, here we go. Where's the Suns? Wow. Oh, this is going to be horrible for two and a half hours. From the very
3: get, man. Yeah. That was, yeah. So, anyways, it's a great way, I think, to help focus not only the fans, but also the players. And um, it's not like I think the Phoenix Suns have a bunch of players that need to be focused or have a hard time focusing. Because I think we saw last year, this is a team that knows how to get it, knows how to focus, but... Man, uh, very first game. Why not jump right back into the fire, man? I love it for them.
1: Well, and it's not like beating Dallas in the opener next season is going to make up for what happened in May, obviously. But wouldn't it be nice if you're going to go on a redemption tour or a revenge tour, like Devin Booker called it last year? If, if that's what this season's going to be, the redemption. It's, tour. I think it's the redemption tour. That's fine uh, if you're going to do that. It really should start. And again. You do need to win the game, but you have to go out there and beat Dallas to really start things off. Honestly, even if it was Golden State in the opener, I, I would I would prefer it was Dallas. Golden State, the defending champs who you were measured up against all of last year. Dallas, it is personal with Dallas. It's not just the way they beat you. It's they took advantage of the fact that you did not look like yourselves. And, and I'm telling you, they did not hold back in gloating. And I'm not saying they shouldn't. And their fan base is still just holding it over Suns fans' heads and, uh... I'll just remind you, what the Suns have won 12 in a row against Dallas before the collapse there in that series. It's not like this is a team they've struggled with in the past. Yeah. So it, it might be the perfect way to kind of jumpstart the season. And Dallas doesn't have Jalen Brunson. And honestly,
3: can I just say this? I, I never mind Luka Doncic. I really did not until
1: until the series started. Until the series. You minded him when the Suns were <laughs> winning the first two games. It
3: was like, I did. Yes. You're no, I remember. Exactly right. I remember looking like, at you and you being doing? like, Wolf, the
1: Suns are up 2-0. And you're oh. like, I just can't. I can't stand this guy. Luca, Luca, Luca. I can't stand Donchage now. It drives me nuts. Do I really want to start the season watching Luca fall wow. all over the floor at Footprint Center? Yes, I do. And I, I, I don't know why. All right, when we come back, how much might we see from Trey McBride on Sunday? Remember Trey McBride? He was like the talk of camp, and now we haven't seen him in a while. That's next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show, 987 FM, Arizona Sports Station.